Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy! Well, hey, we're going to jump into part two of our message series titled, What Would Jesus Undo? What would Jesus undo? If you weren't able to be with us in the first installment of this message, encourage you, jump on the podcast or YouTube. You can watch it or listen to it, whichever you prefer. But we talked about last week that Jesus would undo spiritual indifference. How many have ever heard of the bracelets WWJD? What would Jesus do? So we've kind of played on that. And our, our series is what would Jesus undo, right? Because there's some things in scripture that we find. Uh, we find Jesus talking in the gospels and the red letters. Somebody say the red letters. The red letters, if you ever read the red letters, those are the words that came out of the mouth of Jesus. Those are words that we should pay attention to, right? And so we find in the red letters um, that there are some words of Jesus that really moved him. And, and there were some things that he spoke about that created a dissatisfaction to the point that he warns his followers, you and I, he warns you and I to not allow certain things into our lives. So what would Jesus undo? What would Jesus undo? Part two, Jesus would undo hollow worship. Somebody say hollow worship. We're going to talk about worship today. We're going to talk about worship today. So what if the songs that we sing, the expressions of worship and the acts of service that we often do, what if they were empty gifts to our God? What if our lives were wrapped up with the spiritual image on the outside, but on the inside, our hearts are far from God, and we're actually offering God an empty gift, an empty gift. I want to go to Matthew's gospel to lay a foundation for our message today, but let me give you a little context before we go there. Um, if you haven't read the Bible, hopefully you'll start reading it. Amen. It's an awesome book. It'll change your life. Um, it's a, it's awesome. But anyway, if you read the Bible, you find that Jesus was always kind of at tension or at odds with a group of people in the Bible called the Pharisees, the scribes and the Sadducees. And they were the religious leaders of those days. And, and, uh, the scribes in our text, it's the scribes and Pharisees he's going back and forth with. And the scribes simply scribed or wrote out the law. That was their job and assignment to write out the law. The Pharisees, on the other hand, their assignment and their calling was to, so they thought, was to make sure everybody obeyed the law. So they were the ones looking over your shoulder, making sure you dotted every I, crossed every T. And they were great. They were great at, 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 at telling you how to live your life, but they were very shallow when it came to them living what they were writing and what they were monitoring over the rest of the church people, right? And they were very hypocritical. Someone say hypocritical. I know it's a big word, but the best version, definition of that is they were fake. 
They were fake. Like they made sure everybody saw the external side of them, that everything was good, that, hey, we are a follower of Jesus. But Jesus constantly called out the inward side of them. Like your, your heart's not right. And you're doing this for show. You want, you want people to think you're something, but you're really not. Right? And you expect things and you demand things from people that you aren't willing to live out yourselves. So that's these people that Jesus is talking to. And he, he begins to set them straight like he always does because he's Jesus, right? Uh, because these scribes and Pharisees, they had a very deep uh, conviction for the law and what it stood for, but they had a shallow view on how it applied to them. Very deep in reverence, like this is what the law is. But when it came to them living it, they were very shallow in their faith. Are you with me today? So they came to Jesus in our text and they were really complaining about his disciples. Like Jesus, hey, you're a small group. Guess what? They're doing it wrong. And uh, they, on this incident, they complained about that they were not keeping um, the ceremonial acts to be able to worship. Like there were certain things that back in the old Testament, back in the new Testament that you had to do, like there's certain foods you could and could not eat certain animals. You could not touch certain way you would wash your hands. And it wasn't for physical cleanliness. It was, it was a religious act, right? We find none of those in scripture. This was all man-made, um, acts that they believed were important. And so Jesus comes and he begins to have dialogue with them after they approach him on how his disciples were not abiding by all these ceremonial acts that had to be done. And he really unleashes on him and on them. And we find that in Matthew 15. Look at this. Look how he starts out. You hypocrites. <laughs> Dang, Jesus. I, he went there. I, I just need you to know right away. Before I say anything, this is what you are. You fake, right? Isaiah was right when he prophesied it in the Old Testament. Isaiah said the, this very next verse, uh, verse number eight. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts, their hearts are far from me. And watch this. They worship me, but it's in vain. It's, it, it's in vain and their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus was saying, all you're doing is obsessing over external things while your hearts are far from me. Jesus was saying on the outside, it looks like worship, but on the inside, it's simply an empty gift you're giving me. It's hollow worship. It's worship that does not touch my heart. What would Jesus undo? Jesus would undo hollow worship. He would undo a show on the outside. He would undo a hypocritical expression and he would undo a pretend faith when it comes to our worship. Let me just say this. I believe that our church has a lot of potential to grow when it comes to our heartfelt worship to God. And I just believe some of you are going to understand more what worship is and why we do what we do in a setting like this and how that worship is not confined to the four walls of the church, but worship can become your lifestyle. Are you with me today? Let's talk about worship. Are you ready? Online, are you ready? I heard that, yes. 
Uh, when I talk about worship, most of you think of a couple things. You think of style, right? Um, you think of uh, the style of music. Is it traditional? Is it, is it gospel? Is it CCM, contemporary Christian music? Uh, you, you, you think of style, and, 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 and then you think in that style, is it, is it quiet? Is it more reverent? Is it, is it done in a more quiet manner, or is it done in a more loud manner with, with lots of passion? And I understand uh, some of you grew up in an environment where worship, the, the worship style was very different than what you just experienced today. Some of you grew up in a more traditional, someone say traditional, more traditional church setting where, where the music was more soft and, and, and there were pews. Come on, somebody, you sat in some pews, right? Come on. And, and, and there, were, uh, there was a choir, or maybe there was a hymnal, and you knew which number the hymnal, come on now, every week they're doing the same hymnal. This is the number we're going to. I don't even have to pray about it. This is where we're going. Right? And, 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 and then some of you grew up in a, a setting that was, you stood up and you sat down about 150 times during the worship, right? And, and you got your aerobics and you didn't have to go to the gym back then uh, because you got it in church. And so um, some of you grew up and it was more monotone and it, it was more quiet. But then there's others who grew up in a more charismatic. So if we were to compare two styles, there are many, but two styles, we would say traditional, most of you, and then some of you charismatic. Come on, where are my charismatics at? Yeah, we're loud. We're crazy. Come on, we clap. We're the ones that sing over everybody, right? We're the ones that tap our feet a little bit because the way I grew up was a charismatic setting. Now, in my upbringing, you know, anything could happen in the worship, right? Like it was wild. You had sister so-and-so over here and at any moment she's going to bust out her tambourine and it's going to be on. Then you have brother over here. He's going to do his little jig in the aisle. Come on now. He's feeling it. He's feeling it. And you couldn't even think it was so loud in that service because the, the music just overtook your thoughts. It was so loud. Some of you are like, that's how our church is. <laughs> and I grew up in a setting where we, we would lift our hands, right? We were very passionate. We, we would clap our hands. And there were the di- different expressions and, uh, of our worship style. Now, there are many different worship styles and many different ways to worship. I mean, I've been in worship settings that were 20 minutes and powerful times with God. And then I've been in Africa where they worshiped for like three hours. And I was like, when are they going to let me up to preach? And I'm looking around like, man, these people are like crying and passionate and they live in a little hut over here and they pray every day not for a new iPhone, but just for a meal to feed their family of six or seven, and they're worshiping for three hours, what is wrong with me? You talk about God speaking to your heart. Go to another country and see how they worship. Our 20 minutes, they would laugh at that. They're like, we just, what do you mean 20 minutes, you know? And so so there, there are all different types of worship, and we have to acknowledge that there are limitless ways to express our love for God. Um, I, I never want to be the one that sits up here and says, man, that church is wrong the way they worship. No, I believe there's a reason why there's many different churches in our community and you could walk into those churches and it may be different than the way you were raised and you may not understand it all, but I believe most of them are expressing their love for God in that style and in that way. So which way is right? 
Is it the traditional way or is it the charismatic way? Is it the more quiet and reserved way or is it the more loud and passionate way? Which one is right? Both are right and both are wrong if the heart is not right. That's what Jesus said. Hey, hey, you guys are doing great on the outside and you, you're going to church and everything is good and you got the right outfit and you got the right praise God, hallelujah to your neighbor. But on the inside, it's, it's hollow. It's hollow. You're, you're worshiping me and it's, it, it's in vain. It, it doesn't touch or move my heart because your heart is not connected to my heart. Come on now, are you with me? I'm doing about 30% better than you're letting on right now. I just want to let you know online. I know you're shouting in your living room. It's the people here. I'm doing 30% better than you're letting on right now. So we got the traditional, you got the charismatic, both are right and both are wrong if the heart's not in it. So a couple thoughts on worship, what worship isn't. Number one, worship isn't about the style of music. It's about the condition of your heart. It's about the condition of your heart. Style is about preference. Style is about preference. But your heart is who you are. And your heart is what is connected to the spirit of God. Number two, worship isn't just songs we sing, but it's the life that we live. Worship isn't just songs. See, you wrongly believe that worship was the 20 minutes we just came out of. And you think, man, I'll worship next Sunday. No, 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 no. When you understand what worship is, it becomes a lifestyle. So everything in my life, I can use and point to God in worship. Come on, somebody. So Monday, I can worship. I don't have to be in a corporate setting with the body of believers. I can worship on my own. I can worship at the job. Come on, somebody. I can worship in the shower. Come on, I can worship on the throne. Help me, somebody. Because... Because Christianity to us is not a hobby. It's not an interest or some label that we put on. We're followers of Jesus and Christ is our life. Not just our Sunday. He's our life. He's the reason we wake up. It's his breath in our lungs that wakes me up every morning. And so worship is not just a song we sing. It is a lifestyle where we understand the true meaning and we were created to worship our God. We were created to worship our God. Watch this. God's love language is worship. It's worship. He wants to hear it from you. He wants to hear it from you. Oh, it's great that we get a band up here that can lead us, but he wants to hear it from every single person here. It's his love language. It's the way we love on our heavenly father. We worship him. It's also the way he changes us and transforms us into his likeness. So it's a part of our spiritual development as Christ followers. Amen. Are you with me today? So what would Jesus undo? What would Jesus undo? Hollow worship hollow worship. I just believe that our church is ready and primed to take our worship to another level. I believe that. And it starts with you. Cause someone say it starts with me. 
it starts with me. So what I want to do for the remainder of our time is talk about uh, a couple ways that we express worship here at Fuel Church. Uh, this is how we, as Fuel Church, express worship. And I believe that if you just open up your heart, that the Holy Spirit will speak to you and show you the ways that you can just take your worship to the next level. Amen? Number one, how we express worship here at Fuel is number one, we sometimes we lift our hands in adoration. We lift our hands in adoration. How, how many people were not raised in church? Come on, raise your hand. Like your first church experience was fuel. And some of you came here for the first time and you're like, wait, why are people raising their hands asking questions? <laughs> they have a hand up. Is someone going to call on them from the stage and, and say, hey, what's your question? And uh, no, 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 no. There, there is purpose on why we lift our hands. And, and this isn't some weird thing. And it's, it's not some charismatic thing. It's a Bible thing. Someone say it's a Bible thing. And, and all these ways that I'm going to share with you are all found in the Bible because that's the book we do our best to live by as followers of Jesus. Okay. Not some book, some man wrote, right? It's this book. And God is very clear. Here's what, here's what worship is. And sometimes it's lifting our hands in adoration. Look at Psalm 63, 4. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will what? I will lift up my hands. Now, in the Bible, two, two things represented the lifting of the hands. There were two things that, that were happening in the life of God's people. Number one, the first sign of lifting your hands is a sign of surrender. Somebody say surrender. 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 What's the first thing that happens when the bank robber gets caught? Lift up your hand. Drop everything. Drop, drop the cash, bro. Even the cash in your back pocket. <laughs> drop it all and surrender. And that's simply what God wants out of us. That, that we could go through a week and deal with life's burdens. And, and guess what, friends? I know the devil told you you're the only one going through what you're going through. But can I tell you the person to the right and the left is going through stuff too? And some of them more challenging than what you're facing? But the devil tries to isolate. You're the only one going through that in your marriage. You're the only one dealing with that in your finances and with your kids. But we all going through stuff. We have a choice to make. We have a choice to make. Are we going to worship or are we going to worry? We cannot do both. We cannot do both, friends. And so as we lift our hands, it's a sign of surrender. It's a sign of surrender. We have to learn the art of let it go. The famous song, let it go. <laughs> Not a worship song, but you know what I mean. We, ha we have to let it go. We have to let it go. We have to declare that I will not allow my worry to be greater than my worship. And I will uh, make an exchange as I lift my hands and surrender. An exchange takes place. How many ever bought an item from the store and it was damaged or it was ripped or it was torn and you went back and you exchanged it? Come on, you exchanged it. You said, hey, I bought this. I paid this money, but this thing ain't right. This, this, this is not what I'm supposed to have. So I'm going to come and I want a brand new one. And when I get that new one, I'm going to inspect that thing. Come on. So you know what I'm talking about. My kid's like, what are you doing, dad? Oh, making sure there's no holes in it, in the shirt, no tears in it. I'm going to inspect it, right? 
It's the same thing with worship. We make an exchange when we begin to worship. And you can worship here. You should worship in the corporate worship, but you can worship on your own. There ain't no wrong place to worship, y'all. You can worship wherever you are and you begin to make that exchange, God. My sadness for your joy, God. My anxiety, I, I, I give that to you, God. And I make an exchange. I need your peace in my life. And that, that hurt that I have, that, that, that bitterness that I'm, I'm making, this, that's not right, that's not you. So I make an exchange and I declare healing over. I'm, I'm turning that in, that's broken, that's not me. That's not the best for my life. And so I, I need a return on this. Are you with me today? My worry, uh, I'm going to turn that into worship. The, the sin in my life, I'm going to exchange that for his grace. Oh, yeah. So, so the first sign of lifted hands was surrender. The second sign was victory. Somebody say victory. 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 Um, newsflash, I need you to know, you're on the winning team. Uh, hello, you're on the winning team. And I'm not talking about the Colts. I love all the Colts fans here today. Go Colts. But we're on the winning team. You need to know that your Savior already won the championship game. He's got the trophy, y'all. And you on his team. Coach Jesus took the team and he defeated death, hell, and the grave. So I'm not fighting for victory. I'm standing on a place of victory. I win. Hands lifted mean victory. I got victory over you, devil. You try to attack my kid. I got victory. My hands are lifted as an act of faith, declaring and calling those things that be not as though they were. Someone say the pastor's getting fired up. Victory, 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 victory. Not because I'm, that I'm good, but because of he is good. And he, not because I got it all together. No, because I serve the one who does have it all together. I got victory. That's why I can come into a worship setting like we just had and have a lot of things attacking me this week. And I can just open my mouth, lift my hands and declare I already have the victory over that. Devil, you should have tried harder. I already got the victory. It's mine. It's mine because of who I serve. He's greater than me. He's greater than me. So number one, we lift our hands in adoration. Number two, sometimes we sing in celebration. We sing. Most of us in here sing off key. Like me. Right? But I'm so grateful for a scripture that says God just wants a joyful noise. And so whatever the noise that gets to heaven, by the time it gets there, it's joyful unto his ears. It's unjoyful unto my neighbor's ears. And yours is too. That's why you're not on the worship team. God bless you. We love you, but that's not your gift. We'll help you discover that gift in next steps. I'm just saying, but it's probably not up here. Amen. Moving right along. Because it's not about the beauty of your singing, but the beauty of your heart. Hmm. Psalms 100, two through five. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord, he's God. He's the one who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Come on. What are you saying, David? I'm saying that we are his, so therefore we should sing unto our great God. 
He, his love will never run out. His faithfulness is from generation to generation. So we should enter his house, enter his courts with praise on our lips. You see, we should be all on the worship team. Here we go. See, you're waiting for your favorite song. Come on. I just, you know, mom, I just want Waymaker. I just want it every week because it's my song. No, it's God's song. It's unto him. But I just want, I just want certain person up there singing. And that's the only person I want on there. No, 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 no. You should be coming in and saying, Hey, I'm on the worship team. So I'm not waiting for them to crank, crank it up. We cranking it up out there. We're starting the worship. We're all on the worship team. Welcome. You just made the tryouts. Your worship stage is right there, not here. <laughs> I love you. Some of you need to smile. You're looking mean. Online, you're smiling. Yeah, thank you for the smiles online. We sing. Here's why we sing, church, because God is worthy. Period. We could stop right there and say, that's enough for us to sing. If he never does another thing for us, the cross was enough. And if another blessing never comes into my life, the cross was enough. You love me. You saw purpose in me. You chose me. Every time before I step up here, I hit two signs. The play like a champion today sign. I'm going to show you one Sunday. It's right back in this hallway. We hit it. And then there's another sign that says, God, thank you for choosing me to be on this stage. He chose me. You didn't. If you don't like it, <laughs> talk to God. He chose me. I know where I came from. I know my weaknesses. I know my struggles. And every day I hit, every time I step up on this stage, I just did it a few minutes ago. I touch that sign and say, God, thank you for choosing me. I'm nothing without you. I can't talk to these, I can't say anything to these people unless you anoint my lips. I need him to speak through me. I don't know why I said that. It's not in the notes, but it was free today. There you go. We sing because he's worthy. You know what? Another reason we sing, it builds faith in us. Because the words we sing are intentional. The songs we pick out are intentional. They have the word of God intertwined in them because we want to build faith. We want to sing the word. The word has the power. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Who is the word? Jesus is the word. We're singing about him and how good he is. And by the time we're singing those words, the faith is being built in our hearts. Because we go out of here and what tries to happen? Fear tries to abort faith. Every time you walk out of these doors, we go into this world and fear tries to abort. Faith. When you come into worship and you can do this in your own time, you begin to worship and faith build and fear has to run. Fear has to run. Come on. We're talking about worship. Are you with me today? It also softens our heart when we begin to worship. Because many of us come in here with offenses, bitterness, and hurt, and pain from people. You know that people hurt people. And when you come into the presence of God, you begin to sing unto God, and you begin, your heart begins to get softened because of that. You begin to release people and the words they said, and you, you recognize that people are human, and you recognize that the devil uses people to try to get you down, and then you just your heart postures right. Like, yeah, I don't need to get even because God said he'll do it for me. 
He fights my enemies. He fights my battle. So why am I fighting on earth a battle that is not, I don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. So the battle is a spiritual battle. So I'm going to fight that on my knees. Hmm. Some of you getting this. So, so we lift our hands. Someone say we lift our hands and then we sing. And then the third thing we do, sometimes we clap our hands in gratitude. We clap our hands. So we lift our hands, we open our mouth, and we sing, and then sometimes we clap in gratitude. Psalms 47 says this, come everyone. Somebody say everyone. That means everyone. Come everyone. And what does he say? Clap your what? Clap your hands. Shout to God with a joyful praise for the Lord most high is awesome. He is the great king of all the earth. We clap our hands. Now, let me ask you a question. Most of you have been at a sporting event, a concert, your kid's t-ball game, come on, volleyball game, basketball game, and you have clapped your hands, right? Why? Because you're grateful that your kid is out there they may be the worst player. Come on now. But you clapping because they're your kids. Right? They may not get much playing time, but I'm grateful for you. Right? And so we, we, we show gratitude when we clap. I said we show gratitude when we clap. We show gratitude. What do you do at the end of a musical play? Everybody claps because they show gratitude to the cast. And you show gratitude to your nephew or niece that was in that play. And you're clapping. Um, I, I was at a game yesterday and I was clapping for my team, God's team, but we took an L, but we're going to jump back. Right. And, uh, I noticed that everybody there was out of their natural minds clapping for their team, even the opposing team, when they would make a play, when they make a first down, when they make a touchdown, they were clapping. They were clapping in gratitude. And I thought as I was sitting in that stadium with, I don't know, maybe 60, 70,000 people. And I thought, man, all these people losing their mind over a pigskin football and players that are 300 pounds, sweaty and smelly players that I'll never know. I'll never know those players, but I'm clapping and I'm grateful when they scored that, those touchdowns. I'm not going to give any less praise for a savior. Come on now. Who died upon the cross for me. I'm not going to come into the time of worship and patty cake that he took my place and gave me eternal life. I'm going to clap in gratitude for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm not going to clap more for my Colts. Come on somebody. than I am for the King who rode on a Colt. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, came, that came after the first service. That came after the first. No, 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 I'm not going to do it. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. And, and I'm not waiting for a feeling to praise God. You see, somebody, you're waiting for a feeling. When I feel it, then I'll worship. I'll lift my hands. I'll, I'll open my mouth. I'll clap. I, when I feel it. No, this isn't about a feeling. We walk by faith and not by sight. Some of you didn't feel like getting out of bed today. There's a whole lot of people who didn't get out of bed today. They didn't feel it. Oh, it's raining. Oh my gosh, my hair is going to be a mess. Put a hat on and come to church, baby. We don't care. We're not waiting on a feeling. 
It's a fact. We serve a risen Savior and we can't stop praising Him for all that He has done. He rescued us. David said He took me out of the miry clay and He put my feet upon her. He delivered some of you from a lifetime of addiction. How dare you patty cake when Jesus broke chains off of your life and you praising a football team more than you are a savior not on my watch we're going to praise him sit down in your living room sit down on the treadmill keep biking <laughs> I don't know I don't want to say you wipe your brow anyway no 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 I'm not doing it we're not doing it church we're not doing it and so the worship is going to go to another level at our church every campus every service every campus, every service. Because we're not doing it for us, we're doing it for him. We're going to lift our hands, whether we feel it or not. We're going to open our mouth and sing. We're going to clap unto God. And then in the times we don't feel it, and we're having that week from hell that we all have often, and everything that could go wrong has went wrong, and we barely drug ourselves into church, on those weeks, we're going to worship with a sacrifice of praise. Someone say sacrifice, a sacrifice of praise. I'm going to worship. Sometimes we got to worship with a sacrifice. We don't feel it. We don't want to due to our circumstances. They're, they're bombarding our mind. They're shutting everything down. We're consumed with it, but we're going to worship with a sacrifice. This is the true mark of a worshiper right here, church. Anybody can worship on the mountaintop. Anybody can worship when checks are in the mail. Kids are acting 50% normal. Come on, marriage is doing good. Come on, had a date night. What's up? Anybody can worship when everything is going well. What do you do when you're in the valley? That's the true mark of a follower and worshiper of Jesus Christ. What do you do when darkness covers your life? Can you stand in the middle of hell going on around you and still say, God is good. My circumstances are not good. Life is not good. But God, he's still good. He's still faithful. When I'm faithless and unfaithful, he is still faithful. So I'll stand in the middle of the flames all around me and still worship my God. Just like those he three Hebrew boys said, we will not bow to this golden image, Nebuchadnezzar, that you've erected. No, 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 because we worship the one and true and only God. And you can throw us in the fire and you can take our lives, but we will stand on the truth of this word and we will worship our God. Hands lifted up, mouth open, hands clapping. We will give the sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13, 15, through Jesus. Someone say, through Jesus. Therefore, let us continually offer to God a what? The fruit of our lips that openly profess his name. He said, it's got to come from your lips. He wants it from your lips. He's your daddy, your heavenly father. He wants to hear it from you. Do you know what it means to me when my son now at college texts me, calls me and says, dad, 
thank you for being a great dad, for teaching me the ways of God. Now I understand why you did what you did and how you raised me. You know what that does to a father to hear your child praise you? Because that's what we all want. You can all act all big and tough with your 35 tattoos. Come on now. Every man wants it. They want recognition. They want acceptance. And they want to hear those words from their children. Thank you. Proud of you, dad. Proud of you, mom. We worship when we feel him and we worship when we don't. We worship him when our prayers get answered quick and we worship him when they seem slow. We worship him when we get the blessing and when we don't get the blessing, we still worship him. We choose to worship him when we're hurting. We choose to worship him when it's dark in our lives and we experience extreme loss and pain, losing loved ones, relationships severed. We, we still choose to worship because we know in these times it's important that we move towards God and not far from God. It's important that we move closer to God, not away from God in these moments. And we choose to worship him with the sacrifice of praise because we know that our worship, watch this, catch this, isn't based on our circumstances. It's based on God's character. So, so my circumstances aren't favorable, but I still choose to worship because my God is still good. My God is still on time. He's still worthy. He, he's faithful when others aren't. He's kind when people aren't. He's full of grace when others are out of grace for my life. Who is God? What's his character? He's our rock. He's our redeemer. Come on now. He's our righteousness, our deliverer, our defense, our strength, our shield, our self. Who is God? This is why we worship. Not because of what we're going through, but because of the character of our God. He's the bread of life, the living water. He's the good shepherd. He's the way, the truth, and the life, the Bible says. He's the lamb of God, and he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present. He's alpha and omega. It means he's the beginning, and he is the, the end. God is a faithful God. No matter what you go through, he's worthy to be worshiped. He's worthy to be worshiped. And my challenge for our church is this, that we would move from a hollow worship to a heartfelt, passionate lifestyle of worship. That we would worship him no matter what we are facing and no matter where we are in our spiritual walk and that worship would be our first response to our good gracious loving and faithful god what would jesus undo hollow worship bow your heads with me all over the place watching online as well i want to challenge you today what is the holy spirit saying to you through this message what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? For somebody, it's, he's saying for the first time in your life, you're going to start to worship with hands lifted. You're going to start to worship me as you sing the words of those songs, as you clap your hands, as you bring the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of your lips. And you're going to begin to make worship a lifestyle. 
a lifestyle. It's not, it's not going to be a Sunday thing or a first Thursday thing. It's going to be every day. I live. I am created to worship my creator. He woke me up another day, put breath in my lungs. He forgave me of my sins. He gave me purpose. He gave me vision for living and life. He gave me the abundant life, the life of overflow. He gave me his peace and his joy and his presence. He said that I could cast all my cares to him, all the worries of this life. I don't have to carry them. I can make an exchange every day. Whenever they try to hold me down and weigh me down, I I can say, no, 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 I'm not going to worry. I'm going to worship. I'm going to take my lunch break and I'm just going to worship for a moment because I'm not allowing this to sidetrack my day. I'm not allowing this to ruin my day anymore. No, it did that last time, but not today. I'm going to worship. I'm going to, I'm going to take a few minutes and just get my heart right in worship. My prayer is that as a church, we step up our worship. So we begin to declare with our mouths who our God is and how good he is. With your heads bowed and eyes closed and those watching online, we want to say a prayer to invite you to know God personally today. I don't know where you're at, friend, and you're in life, and I don't know what your search has been. It may be a search to fill that void in your heart. We all have a God-sized void that only God can fill, and we try as humans to fill it with a relationship and substances and things and all kinds of stuff. The world says, hey, this will satisfy. This will fulfill you. But friend, only Jesus can fill that spot. Only Jesus can. And be our privilege to pray with some of you who've never said a prayer inviting Christ into your life. And I'm also talking to Christians here who have maybe fallen away for whatever reason. You know, your heart's not right, made some wrong decisions, but the mercy of God and the goodness of God says, hey, you can begin again. You can begin again. You can get a fresh start today. We're not here to embarrass you, to make you stand up or anything like that. But if you're here today, all over the auditorium and watching online, you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life for the very first time, or you want to rededicate your life to Christ, would you just throw up your hand in the auditorium, online in the chat, throw up your hand. People are ready to pray with you. Yeah. Thank you for all the hands. I see the hands. Anyone else? If you're thinking about it, if you're wondering, am I right with God? I want to make sure you're right with God before you leave this place. Just throw up that hand if you're thinking about it. If you're unsure about eternity, thank you for those hands popping up. Yeah, I see it. Awesome. From the front to the middle, the back. Awesome. Let's all say the prayer with them to let them know they're not alone. Come on. Say, dear Jesus, today I receive you into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe that you are the Son of God. And I believe that you died upon the cross for my sins. I repent of those sins and I make you the Lord of my life in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Put your hands together and welcome our new family members. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You could take a screenshot, post it on your social media and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.